Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Sideline Experts. This week on the podcast, we're fortunate enough to be joined by the Super Rugby AU's leading try scorer and a real fan favourite amongst the Sea of Blue, Ronnie the Rocker Alston. Byron, welcome to the podcast, mate. How are you? Cheers. Thanks, Ned. Thanks, Mitch, for having me. <laughs> Good to have you, mate. Hey, now, mate, it's um, been a whirlwind few weeks for you guys over there in Perth, traveling much of the country, sort of playing away from home. And it's culminated most recently in your clash Friday night at Lakeheart Oval in Sydney against the Rebels. Pretty, pretty tough game for you blokes. Pipped at the end 25 20 after the deadlock was broken in super time. I thought you guys were sort of outstanding and have been for a few weeks and just been missing that sort of one to two pass to wrap the whole thing up. Talk us through it. Obviously, a few of those Rebel boys are former Force players. So I take there was a bit of animosity than usual between the two of the teams. Yeah, mate. Certainly, there was a, there was a lot of niggle out there and there was a lot of <laughs> chat before the game that, yeah. that got thrown around. But um, no, it was, it was certainly a really good game to be a part of. There was a lot of emotions, particularly from our side before running out, which was exciting to see, from, particularly from some of the older fellas who went through it all, really. And how was that for you, like playing up against some pretty talented backline players in that Rebel side? Is that, do you just love that opportunity to test yourself each week so far? Yeah, it's really exciting, especially against the Rebels to kind of put that one in the book against coming up against Marika Korobetti and yeah, sat yeah, down definitely. with our coach, Sambo, and we, <laughs> and we looked at that and it was, yeah, I was bloody excited to go up against them and, and <laughs> test myself there. So yeah, no, I'm jumping out of my shoes to play those guys, especially like even guys like when you come against the Reds playing against guys like James O'Connor and stuff like that, it's pretty it's pretty exciting. Are, are you guys pinching yourself? Your television yeah, exactly, Ronnie. Like, are you, are you pinching yourself just going like, I was watching these guys five years ago and being like, oh my God, they're freaks. But now you're sort of up and against them and, and fighting your way in there. Like, is it kind of crazy? Yeah, it's um, tough you say that because like you sit in a review meeting and you review them and you watch them and you sort of watch them play. So that kind of takes the sting out of it, I guess, because yep. you're kind of nitpicking at stuff that you want to go up against at the game. And then when you're out there on the field, I suppose you're not really sitting there in awe of watching them. You, yeah. You're trying to capitalize on those mistakes. So I think... It, it is leading up into Super Rugby through that COVID period when we got the ch- when we got told, but certainly into this sort of game preparation game weeks now. There's certainly none of that. You, know, you can't really have time to think about that. Otherwise, you get found out pretty quickly. Yeah. Hey, uh, Mitch, who are some of the standouts for you in that game, and, and what do you make of it? Yeah, no that that was definitely a game that I thought that for the best part of the initial eighty minutes, it was anyone's. You had a ripper performance from. Is he nice Arani on his 50th cap game? You had Matt Tamua putting on some absolute crazy hits and Richard Hardwick, some good pilfers. So obviously those boys for the Rebels really did a great job. But I mean, shout out to the players like Fergus Lee Warner. I don't know about you, Ronnie, but he, he's just absolutely putting shots on left, right and centre. What, what's it been like playing with people like him? Mate, him and Henry Stowers are absolute weapons. Henry Stowers is a bloody weapon. Second row out <laughs> mate, is they nuts. are engine room, mate. And, and it's good to play behind them because those two fellas go for absolute days. And so... What's, yeah. Workaholics. What's Henry's story? So is, is he a Brisbane boy originally? And well, what's, where's he from? Kiwi, isn't he? Nah, he's from over in New Zealand. So he represented the New Zealand schoolboys and New Zealand under-20s and then wow. and went over, trialed in um, Brisbane under that one of those competitions they did out of Sunnybank a couple of years ago, kind of like mm. a combine kind of thing. And that's how okay. he got picked up by the force. Yeah, so, yeah. Oh, and I, wow. and rep, I yeah, thought it was, definitely also, it was definitely also one of those games where I thought those those big marquee players the force put over, so like Kyle Godwin, Kahui and Lance, 
probably had the biggest impact. I thought Kyle Godwin at 13, I don't know if it was like playing with him inside your shoulder, but he, I thought he made some awesome carries, linked up well with Kahui. I love a few of those, uh, those cross-field kicks you out on the wing there, Byron. They, some of those are looking mighty promising, albeit yeah. nervous when it was in your own 22. But actually, yeah, on, yes. on that, like you, you look at the force and despite the loss, which obviously would have stung a bit, one thing that's really struck me from you guys, and I think it speaks to your roster, but also the respect you have for your coach, Tim Sampson. He obviously, from his time at, at the Vikings and the NRC and now the force, he seems very tactic and strategy driven. Um, how much of your game do you think is driven by players buying into a mindset and a, and a set strategy in players? Because I look at your team and regardless of the scoreboard, I see a bunch of blokes where it doesn't matter if you're playing in the one jersey, the 23 jersey, there seems to be absolute continuity of purpose in your roster where it doesn't matter who's on the field, you will know exactly what needs to be executed at what point. Yeah, mate, there's certainly, you know, I think every team's sort of got that field map and sort of general play about how we want to play. But, you know, Sambo sort of put in a system and play where that wherever you find yourself on that field, you've got a job to do. And for you to do that job is going to help the other people around you. So for us, you know, from you look from like a one to three, it's finding that pod early, setting themselves mm. up either off an X so, or off a Y and carrying strong and hard and creating that game line. And once we get that game line, then we're playing off the back of that. And we're using a term called space invaders where once we make that initial break within our system, then everything's out the window and we just want to throw it around. You know, there's times there where you see us putting in those little dinks in behind, even if it is in our 22 meter line, you know, if you, if you, yeah. if we see the space there, then, you know, he's, he's a coach backs us to take that and read it and, and you know, play with it. Definitely, Ronnie, just take us back and like, take us into those systems. So you're saying that X and Y ball sort of like playing off your nine and your 10 and you've got your forward sort of spaced yeah, exactly. across the field. So are you guys playing yeah. in a system where you, both like a six and two sit on one edge and a seven and eight sit on the other is or like a one, three, three, one. Yeah, mate. I think obviously not trying to give too much yeah, away, yeah. but we do play <laughs> off a couple. We do play off some of our stronger ball carriers on edges. And then, you know, within the middle there's we've got our work engine in there that, that gets bossed around between the nine and 10. Yeah, certainly there is that system there, sort of that generic system that I think every single side has that you alluded to. Yeah, I was, I was about to say, like, that's how do you find when you're breaking that down? Obviously, you look at it, the picture every week, and particularly for you, you're on an edge. So often you might come up against back rowers. A lot of the teams are sort of aligning in the same way nowadays. Does that make the sort of preview into the week a little bit easier, or is it more detailed on the individual players in that system? I think now it's sort of moving in towards looking at the structure of the team and seeing how they play at first, analyzing that and then mm-hmm. seeing where that where guys sort of aren't buying into that or where there's lapses right. in there in sort of a in, in sort of the structure where they might be too keen on the fold and you know, all that's driven by sort of I guess how the get how each sort of game's going. You know, you'll get a fast game where boys are just trying to get around the corner and, and get out of system and just rolling around the corner as fast as they can to put shots on because, you know, right, there's that emotion any, to it. Yep. Yeah, without mm. any thinking to it. Whereas, mm-hmm. you know, you might get into a game where it's a bit slower and, you know, guys, are, there's less emotion going there and, and they stick within systems. So they're actually only folding, you know, three around the corner if you hit narrow and they're still holding, you know, that short side. So you wouldn't play yep. a bounce back play sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, it's great insight. The other thing is we often have a guess and they don't want to talk about the systems and all that sort of thing. The reason why I say it's, it's great insight is because, a lot of the teams play these similar systems. So it's not like you're giving away a lot there. Like it's pretty, 
yeah. similar across teams. Like you play if you're nine, you play if you're 10, you split your forwards across the field. So it's good to understand like where your analysis comes in there. Yeah, well, I think you can, it's pretty easy these days. Like it's pretty yep. generic. You can look at a team and you can look at five phases, five phases and you can already tell how they're sort of, yep. how they're already set up. I guess it's just those little trick plays and stuff like that, that you prepare each week for each different teams that you think might work and might come off, you know? Mm-hmm. And the second game of the Super Rugby was sort of an all-out belter. Definitely the match of the season so far between the Reds and the Brumbies down in Canberra, where the home team just sort of clawed over the Reds right at the death with a fateful kick from youngster Mac Hansen. Uh, Mitchie, give us your thoughts on this match and what caught your eye. Look, dead set, boys. I reckon that was the best game of football I've watched all year across all codes, full stop. That was, and look, maybe that's just from someone who's just been starving for some good quality Aussie Could be a Reds fan too. Yeah, that, that plays into it a little bit. Sorry to our other team supporters. But dead set, I think both teams could have won that. It was like, it went so many phases where a whistle was not involved. It was continuous. It was running rugby. And look, even though the mall came into it, 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 it wasn't like, it, at least it was policed consistently. And I thought on that, despite all the um, contention that Nick Berry caused with that disallowed Reds try before the half, I thought he did an awesome job. That The whistle was in his pocket for most of the game. He, he wasn't as tedious as some of the refs have been of late. And I thought, yeah, it was just free-flowing. You had a million Wallabies hands up from players like Jock Campbell, Harry Wilson, Jordan Patea. Um, even the big DZ, Dane Zander, I thought was a workhorse. The, the, big, dog. Then, the yeah, big dog. The big dog. Matt and said he's the biggest players. eater in the, in the group. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say no surprises there, but um, <laughs> I, he, certainly, he certainly works it off on the field. He certainly... 20, 22 tackles from a prop. You know, that's just crazy. Yeah, he was great. He was net. great. And, and yeah, uh, also players like Valentini and Joe Powell, just awesome. Ronnie, did you catch that one? Like, obviously, it's pretty difficult with the time zones and all that, but did you get get to watch that game? Yeah, we, we caught a little bit of it. Sort of had it in the background of, of the room. But, yeah, no, it was certainly a, it was a good game to watch and certainly came under the wire, didn't it? For credit to Mac Hansen slotting that over. Yeah, an enormous th- kick. Yeah, and I, I think that definitely speaks to, like, the way the Brumbies sort of develop players too with Bailey Kunzel sort of come in and it just fills his role. Mac Hansen's done something very similar. Early in the preseason, Noel Alessio sort of came in and just filled his role. And I think because they were sort of so settled around those guys, it makes it really easy for, for them to slot right in. Obviously, you've had something a little bit similar over in Perth, Byron, like up until now. When you first went over there and doing the NRC and this um, rapid rugby, there was a quite like a, a core group of players there. Did that make it easier to sort of fit into that system? Yeah, I think when you go into sort of any team, and particularly, I think across, not trying to draw too similar, like too much similarities between the Western Force and the Brummies, but there's like a core group of guys at both clubs who have played Definitely. a lot of Super Rugby before that as well. And I think as a young fella personally, that helps me a lot. You know, even having guys come in like Richard Kahui, Kyle Godwin, as you alluded to beforehand, like playing out, like playing on there on the field, training with them week in week out, it actually makes such a difference to your game. And it, as a young fella, it does sort of put years on you and, and cools your head a lot. So I don't know if you saw, like you've seen photos of Chris and Liliofano running the water for them. Like that's like as a yeah, young exactly. fella being able to have someone like that out there giving little tips and advices and watching the game from the sideline, you know, it just it makes it a lot easier as a young fella to come into a team like that and, and, you know, to try perform at that level as well. Yep, definitely. 
Hey, uh, Byron, with all this talk of Western Force, obviously, and rugby and WA more broadly um, in recent times, I'm keen to sort of know, how have you found the rugby scene over there on the West Coast? Obviously, they had some sort of great turmoil in that rugby community over there when the Force was dumped back in 2017. Do you think things are sort of looking up now that you guys are back in the fold with the rest of the Aussie teams? There's been a lot of talk that you guys will obviously be part of any broadcast deal and, and competition going forward. Do you think that sort of West Coast rugby community will will feel better about that or is there still that vengeance against against the other franchises? I think first and foremost, like WA just loves loves sport in general, you know. You see that right through the AFL, um, through the cricket over there and, and it, um, you know, through rugby, they certainly lost no, no passion through it. Um, obviously, there is still that that linger of those anger towards rugby Australia. Yeah, of course. As yeah. a rugby as the rugby community as a whole, you know, they're pretty they love their rugby there and they love the and they love the Western Force. So I'm sure, not too sure what this um what the future holds. We've been told nothing. So I'm sure if we were rugby Australia invite us into Super Rugby for next year, I'm sure the Sea of Blue and, and the community of rugby in W um WA would certainly jump behind us and support us. So yeah, yeah I think there's there's sort of is that vengeance but I sort of think, you know, they're more behind us than they are anything else. Yeah. And the other thing I'd say, Ronnie, is like they've been quite good in the last sort of three or four years now at really developing young players. Like there's been a lot of guys go over there or who are from Perth or from the West Coast that actually have become great players through those Perth academies and Western Australian rugby academies or being part of the force. Like you look this is probably a few years ago now, but some of the guys who sort of clicked into gear over there, Adam Coleman, Richard Hardwick, and now Staples of the Rebel Outfit. You had Jack Max Hardy. Yeah, yeah, Jack Hardy back in Brisbane, obviously yourself. So it's been a real developing ground for a lot of Australia's best talent. Yeah, well, mate, like, you know, there was, there's pictures and teams, teams' photos of their, like, younger guys who have gone through that system. And it was quite funny. And, you know, you walk past and then you see the likes of Drew Mitchell, um, Matt Giddo, who have been over there. Yep. You know, and Digby. You, you Digby was think, over there? Yeah, Digby was over there. So you sort of think, you know, like it's certainly something where people have come there, developed, and be able to go and, and push and, and, you know, make a name for themselves outside of the club. Definitely. Actually, on, on, while we're talking about WA rugby in general, Byron, no doubt, you know, repping Western Australia has been a huge honour for you, mate. But how have you found the club and its progression to where you guys are at now? Because... Oh, I look at the press and a lot of people obviously throw around the name Twiggy Forrest as a sort of messiah to rise and save Australian rugby from some sort of impending doom. But in real terms, how massive do you think it's been for him to get involved in WA rugby? And do you think that there could be more room for him to get involved in the game at large in Australia? Mate, I think um, obviously Andrew Forrest has been, I think, the lifeline for for, um, rugby over in WA. You know, without him, the force is gone and, and without, you know, without the force, I don't think kids have that much aspiration to live up to, especially with, with AFL being such a prevalent figure over there. You know, you need a professional team in, in a state like WA for kids to look up to. Um, in terms of the club rugby, that man pumps so much funding and resources into it, you know, to make kids and, and to make kids get better and, and to achieve it at a higher level. So he does a lot for the community grounds there as well. And I think if Rugby Australia were open to him, to bring him in, I think he could do a lot of great things because the things he's doing at WA, he's certainly re-engaging the rugby community there. And, you know, the passion that the Sea of Blue show, I think it's testament to the people they are and to the, just the community that he's developing there, you know. And, and if, he, yeah. if he had that on a broader aspect over, it, over the whole of Australia, particularly on the East Coast, I think 
rugby in general would be a lot better off for it. Have you have you met? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, he's come along a couple couple of times. He's a great man. Yeah, I feel like he'd love a yeah. beer. He looks like one of those guys who'd love a beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's interesting too, Byron, how you mentioned his involvement in the grassroots because it's exactly what I wanted to kind of speak about now. You look at the program rugby ruse and how much money is pumped into the club system with great clubs like Cotter's Low and Nedlands and that really starting to yeah. push through some great players of their own. Um, I've heard recently this week that a lot of the, and I don't know if you can speak to this, but the commitment load that's been put on the players to get certain hours up at the clubs and to immerse themselves in the rugby community. Could you talk us through how you guys as a roster have really immersed yourself into that grassroots and, you know, almost stood up into some mentorship roles at clubs and school trainings. Yeah, that's certainly right. We um, obviously over like COVID and stuff like that, we've, we've been limited to what we can do, but we as players do have a select number of community hours that we do have to do and that we love doing. And we do, I think it's around, we were out maybe once, maybe three to four times a month sort of out there and then with mm. on on top of that you've got to get down to your club footy training sort of every thursday to be around there to be around the juniors to help out but yeah that ranges from going to school visits um through to clubs going into functions and stuff like that it really differs but yeah there's certainly a big and it's driven from the leadership group at the top of the players that you know we're not there just to you know, we're not there just to make a number. We're there to participate and we're there to, you know, really engage with the community and impress and why, you know, the Western Force is such a great team, mm. I suppose. And we're just out there just trying sad. to help the community, I suppose. Yeah. That's amazing. Broad aspect. It kind of goes too with the whole, with that whole rugby ruse program he started up. And I think I read this week that something like nearly 400 kids in their first year have taken up this program, which is basically a, uh, Oz kick for rugby, if you will, um, for some of our listeners who aren't familiar with what's going over at West. So yeah, I definitely back you with your your talk of how we can play a massive role nationally. Because if we yeah. can get programs like that in the schools on the east coast and and really pushing those, you know, the public schools in particular, that would just be huge for the code here. Yeah, when I first went over there, that was one of the first community engagements I was at was at um, Rugby Roos and I didn't know too much about it and the volunteers were sort of telling me about what's all going on and how it is, as you said, Mitch, like Auskick and it is such a great thing. It's literally going to, you know, public schools, private schools and, you know, using rugby as their PE sort of lessons and, mm. you know, them being able to do it's that. A great idea. Which is, which is, yeah, which is, it's awesome because it's just growing the game. Hey, uh, I want to sort of touch on the national level sort of stuff and just ask you a few questions because obviously in your four squad, there are probably at least five or six guys who are pushing to be part of like a Wallaby squad at the end of this year. So I just want to sort of ask, do you know if Dave Rennie or Scott Wisemantle or Matty Taylor have sort of had any um, check-ins or interactions with any of the guys? Because there are like Ian Pride up in the mix. Um, you know, some of the back rowers are right in there. Obviously yourself, you're leading try scorer, yep. <laughs> John Lance as well. So do you know if anyone sort of been in contact with any of those guys or uh yeah, mate. They came through into our camp about I'm trying to remember about a couple of weeks ago, um, the attack and defence coach. Yep. So yeah, there has been that interaction there, but that was just purely on the basis just to checking how players were going and they came in more so mm -hmm. to help us with around anything that we needed 
as players and, and as the coaches. So, yeah, it was sort of just a general touch basis, show their face and um, for us as players to know who who they are. And, and, yeah, they helped out in little aspects like that to prepare us for, I think, the game was for against the Brumbies. So, little things like that. But, nah, it was good to have them there. Yeah, Scott, yeah. Scott Wiseman still comes across as a bit of like a really sharp sort of attacking mind. He ran a, a coaching seminar on the Brumby sort of YouTube channel and went for about 90 minutes yeah. and, mate, he, he was out. Like, I just watched that thing. I was like, oh, my God, he is so good. So Yeah, no, both both came across as, you know, really, really good rugby, rugby minds. <laughs> Hey, uh, before we get on to this weekend's matchups, I just want to ask you about some of your uh, your infamous try celebrations that you've had. Obviously, you've had no sort of opportunities to whip them out this season with four tries so far. But however that is, Ed Hibbert, one of the Twitter listeners, has asked us to find out whether the shark fin intercept try celebration against the Reds was a tribute to your Brisbane Junior Footy Club, the Taylor Bridge Sharp Bull Sharks. Is that is that correct? Hey mate, we we might have to run with that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we, we'll, we'll run with that. Yeah, <laughs> shout out to all our uh, centenary listeners. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> well, what, what was the meeting behind it? Oh, mate. Besides that, um, we had just our defense system for that week was um, the Marco Sharks. So oh, how good! High, high line speed. So, <laughs> gave a little shout out there to my defense coach Nick Kensley. That's great. That's great awesome. I've, yeah. I've heard the Mako Sharks actually take their a lot of their patterns from the Taylor Bridge Bull Sharks. Yeah, I have so, heard that. The yeah, Bull yeah, Sharks are nice. a good, they're a good side. <laughs> hey, uh, for this week's matchups, matchups, we'll sort of kick things off with the Friday night fixture, which is the Rebels taking on the Brumbies. Uh, Mitch. What do you think about this one? Like, what what will this game entail? Who's caught your eye last few weeks that you want to see more of? Yeah, for me, it's hard, it's hard to go past the Brumbies. That, without a doubt, the the standard bearers in Australian rugby at the moment playing smart footy. Um, I think the big players to look out for are Tom Wright, who's been doing awesome things out on the left wing, Rob Valentini, and Pete Samo as well. They've their post contact meters are last probably three rounds and I've just been outstanding there looking for the offload at each opportunity and it's creating awesome opportunities for some of those inside backs to run off and um, break the line so yeah hard to go past them I think it might be seven points plus and but hopefully hopefully uh, some good running rugby and uh, Ronnie who are you thinking for this one obviously Tom Wright's been really impressive particularly his ability to um, involves himself all across the field I've seen him sort of pop up on the left and the right and through the middle. How have you made of his performances and who's your tip for this one? Yeah, mate. Um, Tom Wright is a very elusive character. And he, yeah, as you said, he does pop up around the field a lot. So he's certainly, and he's got a lot of pace as well. Certainly a very good player. Um, in terms of Brumbies versus Rebels, I'm going to have to tip the Brums this week. Just purely on the fact I think they're a very well-drilled team. And once they get into sort of that attacking 22 there's not too many times where they don't walk away with points, so I think they're going to be um, they're going to be the better side overall and be a very clinical team. But I wouldn't write off the Rebels though; they've come off a good win against us, so yep. you, know, you never know what can happen. Hey, and uh, the second game of the weekend is the old firm rivalry between Queensland and New South Wales taking place at the historic SCG. Uh, Ronnie, who's your tip for this one? Mate, I'm going to back me old mates, Good. Like the Reds boys. I'm <laughs> yep. backing him also to have an absolute, another absolute blinder. And I'm oh, his head will just also. explode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully, 
Hopefully the big dizzy gets another start and, and has another great game. And then Fraser coming on, I reckon he'll ice the game with a, with a yep. game-winning pilfer, I reckon. Great. Well, yeah, actually, I, it's interesting you say it too, Byron, because you listen to the commentators the last few weeks and whenever they bring you up, mate, they say, the Darwin-born flyer. Um, talk <laughs> us through. Do we consider... I know you're born there, mate, but you're... I thought Sri Lanka. I thought you were born Sri Lanka. No. <laughs> no, I was born up in Darwin, but I'd certainly claim that I was born in, uh, I was born in Bred Bridgie boy, though. Yeah, yeah good man. I was going to say. I was going to say. But now adopted WA boy, it must be said. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, hey, what what about the performances of James Ram? I've been really impressed with him, Ronnie, as like a fellow winger. What have you seen in his game that sort of caught your eye? Yeah, mate, he's really good um, aerially. And um, just being able to, I suppose, when you watch from a wide probably don't get the luxury but he's um his game management i suppose his communications to will harrison at fly half yep telling him sort of where to shoot and he's also himself got a massive boot on him as well so yeah, those couple does, aspects of the game that i really admire yeah well didn't he he called for that cro- was it a crossfield kick a few weeks ago that harrison put through yeah off that penalty yeah yeah and he was just away. like out on yeah. the edge and was just like screaming for it and he got it so that's, that's yeah. exactly right hey before we finish we're going to finish with our Fast five for you, Ronnie, and just sort of roll through yeah. some questions we've got. Uh, what's your favourite spot in Perth at the moment? Mate, favourite spot would have to be down... Um, there's one down south. It's about a three-hour drive. It's called Dunsborough, down in Yelling up there. It's, mate, it's absolutely... It's beautiful, the scenery there. But other than that, couldn't go past the Cotters and having a beer there. It's, it's quite nice on a Sunday. Well, well, that will roll straight into our next question. Where's your favourite <laughs> favourite pub in Perth? Um, oh, can't really go past a Sunday session. There's a few of them in um in Perth. Yeah, yeah. There's a new joint that's just popped up. It's called the Lookout. It's pretty good. <laughs> okay, so I'd say that one. And uh, favorite roomie to to go on travel with? Um, I suppose last year I was sort of in NRC um, formed a bond with Jonah Placid, which carries yeah. on. Unfortunately, he's not over here. But yeah, big JP. He's my man. Yeah, what, what's he up to at the moment? Um, so he's just come off a double ACL Rico. So oh he, God. yeah, so he's about four months in, but mate, tracking really well. Um, started running. He's a bit heavy up top, but no, he's, <laughs> he's, he's great. He should be back by next, by sort of the end of this year. Yeah. And what's your favorite position? Outside center, wing, fullback. You've sort of played a few different ones now. What's your favorite? Yeah, mate. I'd still say it's probably still in the centers, just being able yep. to. I love my defense and I love putting on a couple of shots and I love the defense. Yeah. And so I'd say 13 at the moment still, but mate, I'm loving, loving being on the wing outside this team. You know, you get to score, you get to score tries. So there's nothing better than that, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, final one is who from the four should we get on next time? Mate, um, Jonah Placid, you'd probably have a laugh with him, but yep. other than that, you'd, uh, you'd have to go with, yeah, you'd have to go with someone like, um, Mate, Heath Tessman runs his own podcast, so he wouldn't okay. be too bad. We'll get it on yeah. his. Yeah, you could, you could jump on his as well. He's pretty good. Yeah. I'm just trying to think who would who'd be a good laugh for you. I'd love uh, um, Kieran Longbottom, the big dog. Kieran, mate. <laughs> he's, um, he's one of the all-time greats. Yes, jump on K-Bomb. Um, he's a great man. Or if you can't go past Ian Pry, he'll be up for a good chat. He's a Bris- local Brisbane boy, and he's got a few good stories to tell. So Brilliant. go past Sitch. Yeah. Hey, Ronnie, Actually, before we before we go, um, Ned, just a shout out to the 
Gregory Terrace and Nudgee College, big big schoolboy matchup in Brisbane yes. this weekend. Yes. Um, yep. Big game for those boys. So yeah, and and of course, we're speaking to a former Gregory Terrace captain right now. So um, hopefully, it's a good clash. And well, my little brother's having a run around, boys. There you go. Oh, oh, how good. Little fella, yeah, playing uh, so look, tight head prop. Oh, how good. How yeah. Nola, isn't it? Nola. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm really yeah. annoyed because all the family genetics and strength went to him and I got nothing. So, uh, <laughs> Ronnie, it's been a pleasure, mate. Thanks for joining us this week and best of luck for the rest of the season. Cheers. Thanks, Ned. Thanks, Mitch, for having me on. Hey, before I let you go, Mitchie, we've just let uh, Ronnie go a little bit early, an early mark on this one, but... I've just heard in the rumour mill that Carter Gordon is leaving the Reds at the end of the season. So I'm hearing he's either off to the force or the Rebels. What do you make of that? Yeah, that's definitely not ideal, is it? After they've just lost Isaac Lucas, they've got other Brisbane 10 talents in Isaac Henry, no longer in Brisbane and same with Rajan Pasatoa. So not ideal. Could be... Force makes sense to me because Jono Lance probably going to go back to Scotland after this year because it's a short-term deal with the Force. Um, so definitely a big loss for Queensland. I mean, regardless, it's explosive news, and particularly due to the fact that he has the same manager as the Piconi three. So Piconi ah. also has Carter Gordon on his books. I mean, whether that's just a coincidence, probably. Um, mm. But, yeah, just massive, massive news, particularly as Queensland have really earmarked him as our 10 of the future. You know, I remember when he yeah. re-signed, Brad Thorne really made it clear that him and his brother Mason were the future of this franchise. So, massive news, and we'll see how this plays out in the coming weeks, Mitch. Definitely, Ned, definitely. Holy tomorrow. Um, yeah, good. Bloody, uh, you beauty. <laughs> <laughs>